0: Glory to God. We again welcome you, and we welcome those that are now listening on the prayer altar as we are now live on the prayer altar podcast. Let us go before the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to go right into the word of God. Oh, glory to God. Somebody just begin to thank him right now. Lord God, we pray tonight. Lord God, we pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, oh, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Forever and ever, amen and amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every man, every woman that is listening under the sound of my voice. Lord God, tonight we've gathered together, we've come together, Lord God, in order to get into your word. Lord God, we believe that we need your word as never before. Lord God, there's so many people, Lord God, that are void of the understanding, the revelation of your word. There's so many people that are longing, Lord God, to understand your word. Lord God, they want to be able to comprehend what it says. Lord God, they don't just want to have the ability to read it. But, Lord, they want it to make sense. They want to understand it. Lord God, they want to be able to apply it to their life. They want to be able to look at it and not be confused. Lord God, so, Lord God, tonight we thank you for releasing the power of understanding. We thank you for releasing the power of wisdom. Lord God, we thank you for releasing the power of revelation. Lord, we give you praise that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Lord God, and we thank you that, Lord God, faith, Lord God, would cause us to believe believe. Faith, Lord God, will cause us to move mountains out of our way. Lord God, the word of God that we hear, Lord God, will become the power that we need in order to overcome the enemy. Lord God, it's the word of God, for in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Lord God, we believe as we study the word. Lord God, we are studying who you are. Lord God, no man can know the fullness of your mind. Lord God, no man can know the fullness of who you are. But Lord God, we thank you that through your word, Lord God, we get a glimpse. We get an encounter, Lord God, with who you are. Lord God, we can begin to start a conversation. We can begin a relationship, Lord God, through your word, Lord God, we may not know everything, but Lord God, we thank you that we know in part, Lord God, we know what we have need of Lord Lord God, you will reveal to us what we have need of Lord God, we thank you and we praise you that we will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lord God, you give us daily bread, Lord God, you give us a word that is able to feed us, Lord God and strengthen our bodies and strengthen our inner man so that we can walk in the Spirit. Lord God, tonight there are people that need strength, Lord God. They need the power of the Word of God in their life. Lord God, there's some people that need the power of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord God, we need the power of the understanding of the Bible in our life, Lord God, in order for us to understand our life, in order for us to understand our purpose. Lord, we need your light. You are the light of the world. Lord God, we thank you that you are the light, you are the way, you're the truth. Lord God, no man can come to the Father except by Jesus Christ. So we pray in Jesus' name that as we read the scripture, we would encounter you. Lord God, we would come into the light. Our life would come out of darkness. Lord God, our life will come out of darkness. Lord God, our purpose will come out of darkness. Lord God, everything that was hidden in darkness, everything that was hidden in confusion, everything that was hidden, Lord God, in darkness will come out and come to the light. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. Lord God, that as we, Lord God, begin to see the light, Lord God, we will begin to understand, we'll begin to walk in that light Lord God, the light of your word will begin to walk in us and live in us every day of our life. Lord God, we will not be in the dark. We will not be confused about our purpose. We will not be confused about what time it is. We will not be confused about where we should be or what we should be doing. But Lord God, we'll have faith. We'll have confidence. We'll have assurance that we are exactly where you want us to be, doing exactly what you want us to do. Lord God, we'll have faith and assurance that you are are with us that you are not far away lord god you're not seated on the throne far away but lord god you are with us as you said you would never leave us Lord you said you would never forsake us you said you would be with us always even into the end of the world. Lord God tonight we just thank you that your word is going to be released and Lord God you're going to allow us to receive it Lord God and as we receive it we're receiving you Lord God and we can take this word everywhere that we go we thank you that we can take this word Lord God to on our jobs we can take this word Lord God as we go towards our career in our businesses Lord God we can take this word and Lord God use it in our family. We can use it in our finances. Lord God, we thank you that we can take the word of God and use it in every area of our life. We decree and declare no more darkness. Lord God, we decree and declare no more. Lord God, will we we be, Lord God, hidden away? Will we be hidden from the truth? No longer will the truth be hidden from us. No longer will revelation and wisdom and understanding be hidden from us. But this is the time and now is the hour. Somebody say right now. Somebody say now faith. Somebody say now faith. Lord God, I decree and declare that you are releasing now faith, that this is the hour that you're releasing now faith. Lord God, faith that causes us, Lord God, to understand now. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for our future. We thank you for what you're about to do. But Lord God, somebody needs healing right now. Somebody needs deliverance right now. Lord God, somebody needs a miracle right now. Lord God, someone needs an understanding They need an answer right now. Lord God, there's some questions that we need answers to right now. So we praise you that you're sending, Lord God, the Rhema word. You're sending a suddenly, you're sending a supernatural wave of your anointing in order to reveal. Lord God, we thank you that suddenly we're going to understand. Suddenly we're going to get it. Suddenly it's going to make sense. Lord God, suddenly what we were confused about, Lord God, is all of a sudden we're going to get it now. Lord God, we're going to understand it now. going to walk in it now. Lord God, we're going to be able to apply it to our life now. And we thank you for now faith being released, even as the word of God is spoken tonight. We bind and rebuke every distraction, every work of Satan, every hindering spirit. And we thank you for an atmosphere being released now, even into the homes of your people where they can begin to understand. We thank you for sending a fresh wind, for sending us suddenly, for your anointing, your power, and your glory to be revealed in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that we're coming out of darkness. We decree and declare we're coming out of darkness. Our purpose is coming out of darkness. Our assignment is coming out of darkness. We thank you that you spoke in the beginning and you said, let there be light. So we speak now and we say, let there be light. Let there be revelation. Let there be an uncovering. Let there be a revealing. Let there be an unveiling. Let there be a release. Let there be an anointing for understanding. Let there be an anointing for revelation. Let there be an anointing for wisdom. Let wisdom be released. Let knowledge be released. Let understanding be released right now. Oh, somebody open up your mouth and praise him. Come on and praise him now. Glory to God. Come on and praise him now. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. We lift you up. We praise you and we bless you. And Lord God, these are all the blessings we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, oh, somebody say amen. Oh, amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me just begin by saying that I welcome all of you that are watching on Facebook Live, and I also welcome those that are listening on the podcast, The Prayer Altar. Amen. I want you all to know, amen, glory be to God. Amen. I want you all to know, Hallelujah. thank you, Jesus. I want you all to know that um, we have begun this series, we began this series, amen, some weeks ago, and we began with an introduction, and the introduction for this series, amen, was focused on... Glory be to God. It was focused on, hallelujah, the revelation of Jesus Christ, getting ready to open the book and go into the book, understanding that in order to come to revelation, we must come out of uh, every area of rebellion and disobedience in our life. We must be saved. We must receive salvation. Amen. Revelation is for those who have salvation. Amen. Uh, The process of salvation. Amen. Is what we're going to be seeing is throughout the book of Revelation. There's so many people that don't, that don't understand the process of salvation, sanctification, what it means to be a believer can be understood through the book of Revelation. The book that the enemy wants you to think is a confusing book. The book that the enemy wants you to think is one of the most, uh, the hardest books in the Bible to understand. It's actually in that book, amen, that you can begin to unlock some of the greatest wisdom and understanding about your life in Christ in the entire Bible. There's so many people that are intimidated by the book of Revelation, but you need to know that what you need first before you begin to go into the book is you need salvation. You need to believe on Jesus Christ. Believe that God sent his son, Jesus, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. Believe that he's not dead, but that he's alive. Glory be to God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has risen Jesus from the dead, that you shall be saved. Amen. Salvation. Amen is only through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. I'm on here tonight to decree and declare to you there is no other way to salvation. There is no other way to redemption. Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. And you will see that even more as we begin to study the book introduction so if this is your first time listening we're gonna start right at chapter 1 of the book of Revelation and we've already kind of laid a foundation in knowing that salvation is the key to Revelation without Christ Christ is the light okay understand the name and the meaning of the name revelation (coughs) revelation means to reveal it means to reveal it means to uncover glory be to God oh thank you Jesus thank you Lord the word revelation comes from the word apocalypse which means removing of the veil it is the removing of the veil it is the unveiling of jesus christ this is the this is the uh, meaning the lord has given me it is the unveiling of jesus christ by the power of the holy spirit so that means if revelation represents light then without the light there is no revelation if you don't have jesus revelation will never be for you, you will never receive revelation, you will never be able to understand revelation, and when I say revelation, I mean that in a twofold way. I mean the book of revelation and revelation in general you will you will cut yourself off from revelation if you do not have Christ in your life in the first place. Amen, because without the light, how are you going to see amen it 's like trying to it 's like trying to read a book in the dark it 's like trying to read a new book, a book you 've never read before. Uh, in the dark. And you're in the dark. And so somebody has to turn the light on first. There can be no understanding. It doesn't matter your level of intelligence. Your level of intelligence does not matter if you are in the dark. As long as the light is off, I don't care what's written on the page, you'll never see it. It will never make sense to you. You will never be able to interpret it or comprehend it. Your level of knowledge means nothing if you're in the dark. There are some people who have a lot of knowledge. They've gone to school. There's some people with, with uh, master's degrees and doctorate degrees. There's some scientists, there's some, you know, there's some uh, you know there's some doctors, there's some marine biologists and, and neuroplasticians and scientists and, and rocket scientists and all types of very smart people who don't understand the Bible. They have so much knowledge, but they have no revelation. And the reason why is because they have not accepted Jesus Christ into their life. And so they're in the dark. It doesn't matter how many books they read, they're in the dark. It doesn't matter how many degrees they get, they're in the dark. Until they get Jesus, Jesus is the only one that causes you to turn on the light switch. And now we can read something. We can look at something. We can begin to discover something because we have the light on. But if you're in the darkness, it doesn't matter what's written on the page. It doesn't matter how much I try to explain it to you. It doesn't matter how plain and how, how you know, the Bible says the, the word of God is, is, is so clear that not even a fool could err, not even a child could err. That's just how plain it is. But to people who do not believe on Jesus Christ... The Bible is not plain at all. The Word of God is not plain at all. It is confusing. Do you know that? Do you know that even to Satan, the Word of God is confusing? He knows it. Think about that. Satan knows the Bible. He knows the Bible better than any theologian. He knows the Bible. He knows it frontwards. He knows it backwards. He's had over 2,000 years to study and to learn the Bible, but yet it still does not make sense to him because he has not decided to surrender to Jesus Christ. Because he is in rebellion to be in rebellion is to be against God, and therefore, you are in darkness. And when you are in darkness, you cannot see the, see the light, understand the light. You cannot come to the light. Amen. You're just in darkness. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. So I really, really hope. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, I really, really hope that you would submit your life to Jesus Christ. If you have not done so, believe on Jesus Christ, that he is the only way the truth and the life, that no man comes to the Father, to the light, to revelation, to understanding, except by Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So I want to preface what I'm about to teach as we look at chapter one of Revelation by saying a lot of my, some of my notes have been inspired by the teaching of Marilyn Hickey. Amen. The Bible says the, the lesser ones are blessed by the better ones, and we thank God. Amen. We thank God. Amen. That we can give honor to whom honor is due. Marilyn Hickey has preached the gospel of Jesus Christ for many, many years. She is still alive, and she's, uh, you know, even at an older age, she still ministers. And her teaching has inspired me and been a blessing to me. And her teaching on the book of Revelation changed my life. And so, because of her teaching, amen, I was inspired to begin, uh, not just because of her teaching, but because we need to teach on Revelation more. Most preachers and pastors, they talk about every book in the Bible except the last book. How how are you going to be so interested in the story and not see the end? I'm telling you, some of your favorite movies and some of the best movies ever created, if you don't see the end, if you don't watch the end, you'll never truly get the understanding of what anything was about. You'll always be unsatisfied and unfulfilled. And I feel like there's a lot of people, I believe there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are unsatisfied because they don't know how the story ends in the Bible. They don't know that in the end we win. They don't know that revelation is an understanding of what already what already took place and what is about to happen. Revelation is a, is a supernatural understanding of the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha means beginning, Omega means ending. God is always beginning and he is always ending. And with that being said, we've talked about a lot of things uh, so far. And we're gonna talk about some more as we look at Revelation chapter one. Are you ready for this? Amen. We've had a big buildup because we've been uh, in the introduction for like two weeks. And so now we're gonna finally open the book. Amen. Remember, you have to be in the light to open the book. Amen. And let's look at Revelation chapter one. Let's start at verse one. We're going very slowly. And the reason why we're going slowly is because there's so many people that can tell you the story of Joseph And they know the story of Joseph in the beginning of his life. This is what happened in the middle of his life. That's what happened at the end of his life. This is what happened. They know the story of Joseph. They know the story of Abraham. They know the story of Isaac. They know the story of Jacob and Israel. They know the story of Paul, the apostle. They know the story of Peter. They know the story of John. They know all these stories in the Bible. But if you ask them revelation, what does revelation say? What's the beginning of it? What's the middle of it? What's the end of it? Glory be to God. They can't tell you. Most believers, even some of the most mature believers, don't know how to tell the story of Revelation from beginning to end with an understanding of what, it, what it's telling and, and from what perspective is each part, okay? So I want you to know as we approach this house, the best way to understand it is that there are, glory be to God, thank you, Jesus. There are three different levels to the book of Revelation. There are three different levels as we approach this spiritual house. There is uh, the heavenly realm, okay? Three is the number of God, is one of the divine numbers of God. We know that there are three that bear witness in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There were three archangels, amen? Uh, There was Michael, Gabriel, and then Lucifer, Um, Three is a heavenly number. It's a divine and heavenly number representing what is in the sovereign kingdom. Amen. So there is past, present, and future. There are three parts to a lot of things. As we look at the book of Revelation, we're going to look at it from the first level being, well, there are three different levels. There's the level of heaven. There's the level of earth. And then there's the level of hell, which is where Uh, the demonic kingdom is. Now, Satan is not bound to hell. He can go there. He goes there. But the Bible says he goes up and down to and fro through the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Um, He is not bound to hell right now. He is what's called the prince and the power of the air. And so there are three different dimensions that you're going to see in the book of Revelation. Uh, Chapter one is uh, somewhat of an introduction chapter. So we're going to focus on that. Uh, But I do want you to know, as we go into chapter two next week, and as we go further than that, you will see that there are three different perspectives that's being told. It's one story, but three perspectives. That's why it's 22 chapters. So it's 22 chapters, one story, three perspectives. These chapters are separated. Uh, Some people believe that the chapters should not have been separated. But God knows what he's doing. And the chapters are separated, and certain chapters are for certain perspectives. All right. So we're starting with chapter one, which would be the introductory chapter. And let's start at verse one. Uh, The Bible says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which means you cannot really understand it, receive it, except by Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant john so of course three angels in heaven we know that there is um messenger angels that cause things to be revealed gabriel can be found throughout the bible revealing messages we know that he he went to of uh, the virgin mary gave her the message that she would bring forth the son that his name should be called jesus that he would save his people from his sin, that he shall be, uh, as Isaiah said, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, the everlasting father. And so Gabriel is seen throughout the scripture, uh, making known things. Now, there are also times when the angel of the Lord is seen. And many times the angel of the Lord is the Lord himself. Amen. That many times can be called an angel because angel uh, means messenger. Amen. Which means he's coming with a message. And so glory be to God. We thank God that he knows how to send a message even to you and to your life. As we go throughout this uh, teaching, I want you to see how everything in the book of Revelation can be applied to your life. John has a revelation. God has a revelation to reveal to you. John is not the only one that is to have a revelation. Now, he had the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a holy revelation. This is a prophecy, okay? It's not just a revelation. It's a prophecy, and it's special, it is unique. It is sacred. He wrote to all the churches, which means every church throughout history is to read this prophecy and it was to be applied to every church. But God has something to reveal to you in your life. There's so many people that think God does not talk to them. You know, God talks to him. God talks to her. God shows him things. God shows her things. God has something to show you. I promise you, if you, if you position yourself to hear from God, There is an angel. uh, There is a messenger that wants to get a message to you. There's a power that wants to get a message to you. Now we don't just rely on angels, so to speak. Amen. We do have angels. Angels still exist. Angels are just as active today as they were in the days of the Bible or in the Old Testament. But the only difference is, is that we now have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is a messenger. Jesus Christ said, I go away to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you, but I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you my spirit. I'm going to send you my spirit, a, a ministering spirit, a revelatory spirit. There are, We all have an angel. Every person has at least one angel. Some people have a have host of angels. Uh, according to the anointing, the power of God, the grace, the measure of faith on their life, all of that matters. Uh, the word of God matters when it comes to angels. Angels are empowered by the word. Um Angels are powerful, and you're going to see angels throughout this book, amen? So it says, verse two, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. Glory to God. Verse three, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Can I tell you that the time of the things that are written in the book of Revelation are is at hand. The time for these things to be revealed is at hand. If you don't believe it's, it's at hand now, something is very wrong, amen. I, I remember telling people in 2016, 2015, etc. I begin to tell people, we're gonna look back at this date, and I would say whatever the date was. And I said, we're gonna look back at this date and think about how blessed America is and how how prosperous America is. Because there's a time coming when we won't be as blessed or prosperous in this nation. And it doesn't mean the people of God. I'm talking about the nation as a whole. Because there's a difference between uh, the people of God and the people of the world. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, even in the midst of what's happening in the world, we are still yet blessed. But we must understand that the time for these things to come to pass is at hand. And what we can do as the body of Christ is simply be in Christ. What we can do as a as body of Christ is make sure that we are in Christ so that, that as these things happen in the world, we are not overtaken. Because Just because judgment happens in the world, famine ha- happens in the world, distress among nations is going to happen in the world, earthquakes are going to happen in the world, uh, volcanic eruptions are going to happen in the world, tsunamis are going to happen in the world, falling stars are going to happen in the world. How can I say all these things are going to happen in the world? Now, people lift up prophets that say stuff off the top of their head. That's not in the Bible. They lift up prophetic people who say things and have predictions. Some of them are true prophets. Some of them are false. But they lift them up based on what they say, not understanding that we know the true prophets by if they preach and prophesy the Bible. Jesus has already given us end time prophecy. He already said these things would happen in the last days. But nobody wants to prophesy these things because these things are not happy. It's not happy. I know it's not, uh, it's not the most joyful thing to hear that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. It, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't really feel good to know that there's going to be distress among the nations and that nations are going to rise against other nations. It doesn't feel good to your flesh to know that what, what's around you, heaven and earth, is going to pass away. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. It is the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free, even from what's happening in the world. As the world continues to decline, it's going to be the truth that is in Jesus Christ that is going to keep you so that if an earthquake happens, it won't hit your family, won't hit your house. If a famine happens, your house will have everything that it needs. If there's a plague in the land, it will not come nigh your dwelling or your family's dwelling. Glory be to God. We, we want to be in Christ. We want to be in the truth because this is the time to hide in him. There's great distress in the land, but God is going to keep his people. Oh, hallelujah. So he said the time is at hand. Verse 4, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from, his, from him which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the, his throne. Now, I want you to underline that part. Underline that part. Which was, which is, which was, and which was, and which is to come. I wanna focus on that right here. I wanna focus on that right there. The book of Revelation, and I told you this before, but I wanna go deeper into it. The book of Revelation is about two things. Two is a very powerful number, okay? We're gonna deal with a lot of different numbers. Two is a powerful number. The book of Revelation is about two different things. It is about Regenerate, redemption and regeneration. Redemption and regeneration. What is redemption? Redemption is to return to its original owner. So redemption is going to happen in our lives because we must be returned to our original owner. Who is our owner? Jesus Christ is our owner. He owns our body. He created us. We're going to be returned back to the one who created us. Generation is to restore to original estate to restore to original estate. God wants to return everything back to where it belongs and he wants to restore the original state of the world, the original state of man. What was the original state of man? Before the fall, in the garden. This is why we had the introduction to talk about what happened in the garden. Before that fall, man was in perfect union, harmony, relationship with God. Relationship with God caused man to prosper. There was not, a fam- there was no famine in the Garden of Eden. There was no sickness in the Garden of Eden. There was no disease in the Garden of Eden. And so revelation is all about regeneration. God wants to bring man back to that place where we will have no sickness and no, no death and, and, and no sorrow and, and no working or working from the sweat of your brow. No more curse. Amen, no more of the curse. The curses are broken. God is bringing the Earth back to its original state as well. As I told you in our last teaching, the earth originally was surrounded by water. It was surrounded with a layer of water. Amen. It, was, it stood up straight on its axis. The world was not filled with water. Water is, judge, water is usually a sign of judgment. Even today, most of the judgment that took place in the Bible that takes place today is by way of flooding. Flooding. Too much water. Uh, flood, a flood took place. We know in the days of Noah. Noah preached that it would rain. The people did not know about rain. Why didn't they know about rain? Because it did not rain in those days. It did not rain. There was a mist that came down, and the mist would water everything that was green. There was a mist from heaven because the the world was surrounded by water. This is why people lived longer, because it covered them from the rays of the sun. And so after, glory be to God, after this uh, water fell, because when the rain happened, it wasn't just rain like what we know. The windows of heaven were open. Now let's talk about heaven a little bit, all right? I'm kind of going to go fast, but I hope that you go with me here. Heaven is all about three, remember? There are three that bear witness in heaven. Three is a powerful number. Let's talk about three dimensions of heaven. There are three dimensions of heaven. There's a first heaven. There's a second heaven. There's a third heaven. You could say that the book of Revelation is separated into three different parts. First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Glory be to God. So what is the first heaven? Now the first heaven, um, and we'll talk about uh, hell a little bit as well, but the first heaven, glory be to God, would be from the earth, which is where we stand, where we stand, where we walk, where we plant. Uh, This is the first, it is from the lowest point in the ground, the lowest point in the earth is the Dead Sea, and it is from the highest point or the tallest mountain or really you can say where the planes fly, okay, where the planes fly. That would be the first heaven, glory be to God. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is from that point all the way up throughout the galaxies. That includes the stars. That includes uh, all the planets that we learned about when we were children. And now they've added a lot. They've taken some planets away. All those planets would be the second heaven. Amen. That is where the demonic kingdom really dwells uh, the most, in the second heaven. Glory be to God. Then there is the third heaven. The third heaven is a holy place. That is where the sovereign kingdom is. That is where God the Father is, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He sits and he reigns on the throne in the third heaven. Amen. But my point in telling you this, glory be to God, is for you to know that there will be a regeneration. Glory be to God. There will be a return to the original state of the earth. So in the beginning, the earth was not filled with water. The earth was full full of land. There was mostly all land. And when the flood happened, after Noah preached, the people did not repent. Only Noah and his family were saved there there was a flood because the 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 uh, firmament of water you can read about the firmament in Genesis because some of you may not believe what I'm telling you but if you read Genesis you will see that there was a firmament of water that the birds and, and a lot of the things a lot of the animals and things uh even came out or came around where that was so there was a firmament of water surrounding the earth that is why man lived a lot longer they lived hundreds of years old they didn't have a short life like most people today. Um, and so when the flood came, the firmament broke. Remember, when you read Noah, now when you go back and read that in in, in the book of Genesis, you will notice that when the rain fell, it, it fell from the heavens. It fell from the heavens. Now, why would it say heavens? It's talking about the second heaven. It's talking about the firmament that was broken. The windows of heaven It's not talking about third heaven. Necessarily, which it could, who knows? I'm not going to rule that out. But we know that it's talking about second heaven. That is where the firmament of water was. It broke open, it fell on the earth. The earth got heavy with all that water. Now it's mostly filled with water even to this day. Our seas, think about it. Think about the, the globe. Think about the globe and how most of the earth is filled and covered with water. That was not how it was in the beginning. That water came from the firmament that broke. It became heavy on the earth. The earth tilted on its axis. You could say at some point around then is when there was there was definitely an ice age or a freeze over, if you will. The North Pole, the South Pole froze and they're still frozen to this day. The earth tilted on its axis and at some point after then, uh, life continued, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and my point is, is that when the end happens in the book of Revelation, regeneration, think about that word, write it down, regeneration. Regeneration means to restore to its original estate. God wants to restore the earth back to its original estate. God wants to restore you, our body, mankind, back to its original estate. So the earth in the end, there will be fire. Fire will fall. When the fire falls, it's gonna burn up most of the water. All the water is gonna be done away with. Most people that know about fire know that some people have controlled burns. They, they burn things on purpose because after burning the ground, when the ground comes back, it comes back healthier, greener, and better. And so fire is going to purify the earth. First water baptized the earth. Now fire is going to purify the earth. Whenever you talk about the earth, you should be able to think about yourself. Water baptism. First we're baptized with water. The earth was baptized with water. The water fell. Glory be to God. The water fell, covered the earth, baptized the earth. It enveloped the earth. Glory be to God. Then the fire came, and the fire came to burn up the water. The fire came to burn up all the water. And so what God is going to do in your life, amen, is send the water, the water of his spirit, the water of his word. Are you listening tonight? The water of his word. And when the word of God is released in your life, it is going to baptize you. We are baptized with water. John said, I baptize you with water, but he that cometh after me shall baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. And so that is what is going to happen in the earth. And that's what's going to happen in your life. There's going to be a baptism with water, and then there's going to be a baptism with fire. And the baptism with fire is for the purpose of bringing the earth back to its original estate, to its original estate estate. Glory be to God. And so that's what's going to happen. Let's read on in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. I want to read that verse again. I hope you underline this. Which is, which was, and which is to come. There goes that number again. There are three. Remember, we said there are three angels, three archangels in heaven. Michael, Lucifer, Gabriel. There are three that bear witness in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three dimensions of heaven First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Now here's another three, and I want you to see this in Revelation chapter four. It says, John, to to the seven churches which are in Asia, from which it is, he says, uh, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, him which was, and which is to come. These are now three dimensions of time that are introduced to us. There is the God that was, the past, The God that is, the present, and who is to come, the future. When people are operating in divination, uh, psychics, soothsayers, they always deal with past, present, and future. I want to offer to you that in the realm of the Spirit, we have another dimension, which is called now. Now. So there's past, present, future, and now. Now is the realm of the Spirit, amen, that touches all other dimensions. That is a supernatural experience. That is when you cross over from death unto life. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you are expelled from time. You are not bound by time. You now live in the realm of eternity and the eternity of the salvation of Jesus Christ. You are no longer dead, but you are now alive in Christ. Are you hearing me? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And it says, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Verse five, and Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and to the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Glory be to God. So Jesus loved us and he washed us from our sins. Glory to God. We're so thankful for that because he loved us. We are now cleansed from our sin, just like the world just like the earth was baptized, the word baptism is always connected to in, envelop, envelop, to envelop, amen. Think about an envelope. When you put something in an envelope, it is covered, amen. It is It is not just baptism, which means to submerge in water, but it is to cover, to, to cover it in, in its entirety, amen. God baptized the earth and God wants to baptize you. It's important also that you be baptized. You'll find that a lot of the things in the Bible, amen, are so powerful. Supernatural rituals in the Bible, like communion, is powerful. People don't take communion anymore, but it's powerful. Baptism is powerful. People don't get baptized anymore, but it's powerful. It is supernatural. The Bible says, he that believe and is baptized, which means it is important to be baptized with water. There's so many people, and it may be some of you that are watching or watching this recording or listening to me, who have, who have never been baptized with water. And some of you have not been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend that you be baptized with water. Amen. And that you be baptized with the understanding. Amen. Now, some people say once you get baptized, you never get baptized again. I don't believe like that. I believe that there are some people who may not have understood what baptism was because it was somewhat of a ritual, you know, and people just did it and they didn't understand it or they did it as a child and they didn't understand. Amen. If you have the understanding and you know, glory be to God, and maybe you were baptized before, but maybe you've fallen away from Christ or maybe you have not been seeking Christ, being baptized again or being baptized with the understanding of what it means can make a big difference in your life. You can receive the power of the Holy Ghost after that, even in a greater way, because you've been baptized with water. It is symbolic of the Spirit. So the world was baptized with water, and then it will be baptized with fire. Glory be to God, just as we will be baptized with water, and then we will be baptized with fire. I was baptized with water first myself. This is my own testimony. As a little child, I was baptized in water. As I got older, at the age of 13 years old, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the fire of God came into my life since that moment. Amen. My life has never been the same. Let's read verse 5, and it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness to the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to deal with the the number two here, okay? Let's talk about the number two. We're in the year 2022, This is the first time I've ever done an in-depth study and teaching on the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation has 22 chapters in it. Glory be to God. Two is a powerful number. Glory be to God. Two is the number of divine supernatural marriage. Glory be to God. This is the year of marriage that God is bringing people together. But it's also the year of marriage, marrying ourselves to Christ. The Bible says two twain become one. Glory be to God. This is the year that two become one. This is the year to become one with Christ. Now I want you to see two here in looking at the verse six again. And he hath made us kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests. Now I want you to understand what this means. We're going to go longer than we normally do tonight because this is a special teaching. Amen. So I hope that you all can stay with me. A king. What does a king do? A king rules in the earth realm. He has dominion in the earth realm. What does a priest do? A priest has dominion in the heavenly realm. He releases the dominion from the heavenly realm into the earth realm. A king walks in the dominion in the earth realm. He can open up doors in the earth realm. God has called you and me to be kings, both kings and priests. A king, someone walking in authority in the earth realm, and a priest... Someone who walks in authority in the heavenly realm. Someone with authority from God. The Bible says that Jesus grew in favor, the favor of God and favor with man. It was a twofold thing. I want to talk to you about another two, all right? So I want want you to focus on all of these things that are two, okay? Two things. There's 22 chapters in Revelation. There are two become one in Christ, all right? There is Alpha and Omega. Always beginning, Alpha. Always ending, Omega. We just read, we're called to be kings and priests. That's another two. I want to give you another two. There is redemption and regeneration. I gave you those words earlier. I want you to know what they mean. Redemption, again, redemption means to return, to restore to the original estate, to the original estate. God wants to restore man to their, to its original estate. That means back to Eden, back to the garden. Who was in the garden? Two, Adam and Eve. Two became one in the garden. Glory be to God. Are you hearing this tonight? And so revelation is all, is a lot of, it. you're going to see there's going to be two components to it. There's rama and there's logos. So I'm giving you, I'm giving you another two. All right. So let's focus on the first two. I said redemption, restore back to the original estate. Regeneration, restore, excuse me. Redemption, restore back to the original owner. And regeneration, restore back to the original estate. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Which means God God wants to restore us back to who we belong to. We belong to Jesus Christ. And in the end, we're going to stand before him and we're going to live for eternity with the one who originally owned us, who we live for. Now, I want you to see this here. I want you to see that uh, there's another two that's important logos and rhema. As we go throughout this scripture, I'm going to tell you what the logos is and then what the rhema is. And I want you to know what that means. Logos means the written word. That means exactly what it says. That means you read it and you interpret it based on what it said. Rhema is the the revelatory word. That is what the spirit reveals. That is what uh, a lot of people can't understand. Remember, I talked to you earlier about the devil. He has knowledge. He has wisdom. People can have degrees and not understand the Bible. The Bible is not based on intelligence. It is not revealed based on your level of intelligence. You don't have to be super smart to understand the Bible. You You just have to have Jesus Christ. You have to have the light of Jesus in order to understand what the Word of God says. If you don't have Jesus in your life, none of it's going to make sense. None of it. Even the most simple concepts will be completely foreign to you. So, the written word is the logos. The revelatory word is the rhema. God wants to give you both of those. Amen. Are you receiving this tonight? I'm almost done. Amen. I want to end by by reading uh, the rest of what it says. If we read what it says here, verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds... Every eye shall see him, they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, which means he's coming in order to execute judgment. Judgment is going to be released on those that are in darkness, amen, but, but those that are in the light shall receive a reward, amen? So if we're in the light, we shall receive a reward. So let's, let's read what it says. Verse 8, remember, here goes another 2, verse 8. So there's a 2 in verse 6, and I want you to underline that. There's a two in verse six, kings and priests, one of the two. Redemption and regeneration, one of the two, okay? Us and Jesus, husband and wife, two, become one. Here's another two in verse eight. He says, I am alpha and omega, two. I'm the beginning and the ending, two, all right? Now we're going to get to three. Say it to the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, which means there are three dimensions to time, okay? He, who, he which, if, which was, which is, and which is to come. But he says, I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending. Amen? Revelation is all about two components. Redemption, regeneration. You know? Two components. Alpha and Omega. Always beginning, always ending. Revelation, you, if you read Revelation and compare it to the book of Genesis, you will find a connection to almost everything. What was in the beginning? A man and a woman. What was in the end? A man and a woman. In Revelation chapter 12, when we get there, you'll see there's a woman. This woman is pregnant, clothed with the sun. The moon is under her feet. In the beginning, what did you see? There's a sun. Now think about about Genesis. Think about Genesis, what it says in the beginning. He said there's a greater light and there's a lesser light. Revelation chapter 12, there's a woman, just like Eve clothed with the sun, that's the greater light. The moon is under her feet, that's the lesser light. Everything that is in Genesis is in Revelation. And the purpose of that is for us to see the fullness of God. God wants you to not just see the beginning. He wants you to see the end. He doesn't just want to show you who you are. He wants to show you where you're going, what the purpose is for your life. Now, I want you to see something here. Uh, if we read verse nine, he says, I, John, who also am your brother, companion in tribulation in the kingdom of, uh, in, in the kingdom, and in patience of Jesus Christ, was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of, the, of God, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Watch this, verse 10. I was in the spirit. Now we've been talking about how to get in the spirit. This is an important part of this chapter. All right. So I want you to pay attention right here. Verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet. Now, before we get to what he says, let's focus on how did he get there? Revelation is impossible without an encounter. If you do not position your life to encounter the spirit, you will not receive from the spirit. So many people say they want a word from God but they have not been in the presence of God. They want to hear, but they have not been in a place to hear from God. The Bible says, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a special prophecy, but I want you to know, God can speak to you just as he spoke to John. The voice of God is not off limits to you. You have access to the voice of God. You have access to revelation. You have access to understanding. You don't have to wait till we get to to heaven. You can have an experience with God right now. Jesus Christ sent his son to die in order to send you his spirit so that wherever you are, he is with you. Are you listening to me? We are already back in in the garden right now because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The curses are broken. There were curses released on Adam. There were curses released on Eve and since then the curses have went on throughout the generations i preached a message this this past sunday that you definitely need to hear it's on the living bread podcast which is my dad's podcast and i preached about the word of the lord for 2022 and can i give it to you real quick 2022 is the year of a thousandfold generational blessings do you not know that the word of god says a curse can only be visited upon the fourth generation. A curse is, is, is passed on four generations. Now, I want to explain that. I talked about it this past Sunday, but I want to go deeper into it so that you can really get it. That means if there is a curse on anyone in your family, now what is a curse? What is a curse? So many people use that and they don't even know what it means. A curse. Sin can be a curse. It's called iniquity. Habitual sin. Sending the same way over and over again. It's like a tree that is leaning the wrong way. Iniquity is habitual sin, leaning in the wrong direction. This leaning, this, this, uh, this, uh, this disobedience, this iniquity, this sin causes every other descendant to lean the same way. Everyone that grows after it grows with the same mistake, making the same mistake, with the same addiction. So this is, this is how it works. If there's a grandfather who sinned or who dealt with an addiction or who dealt with a spirit in his life, whether it be a spirit of witchcraft, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, which means that any sin can be equivalent to witchcraft. If you are doing it and you know to do good and you do it not, that is sin. Sin that is done habitually is iniquity. It can be passed on to your children. There are scientists who know that even there are things in your brain that are replicated in the brain of your children, which means if you do something, if you live a certain kind of way, your children are nine times out of 10 more likely to live the way that you live. Whatever you do is being passed on. It is not just affecting you. It is affecting every generation that comes after you. This is an attack against immortality. This is an attack against creation, against mankind. Sin is an attack against mankind. The devil wants to destroy all mankind. So when you sin... When you disobey, when you rebel, it is not just an attack against you for your sin to get you in trouble. It is for your sin to get your children in trouble and their children in trouble with God and their children in trouble with God and their children in trouble with God. The Bible says the wrath of God, and we're going to read about it as we go into the book of Revelation. We're going to read about the wrath of God. The wrath of God abides upon the children of of disobedience. Think about that word. He doesn't just say it abides upon those that are disobedient. It says it abides upon the children, the children, the children of disobedience, which means the children are disobedient because the parents were disobedient. The sons are disobedient because the, the fathers were. The daughters are disobedient because the mothers were. So which that means your righteousness, your obedience to God is divinely connected to your children and their children, and their children. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that I will add a blessing, a blessing. I will bless you unto a thousand generations. Are you listening to me tonight? Which means that if you lived in sin, your children probably will too. But if you obey God, your children, they must, the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, I want you to see how this iniquity works. It can be a grandfather who, who lived in sin the son could be saved and then his son could return back to the curse that was on the grandfather are you listening to me god's will is to destroy the curse in your life to destroy the curse in your family but if 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 the grandfather sinned and the son turns to god if his son sins he's more likely going to sin He's more likely going to sin like the grandfather. So you can say, how can he live like that when his father wasn't like that? How can he, we just had Father's Day, how, how how appropriate is this message? How can he live like that? How can he be like that if his father wasn't like that? How can he be like that? And this is what happened with the, with the kings in the Old Testament. One king would do good in the sight of the Lord, while another king would do evil in the sight of the Lord. And we look at people and we say, how can he live that way when his father is saved? And how can she live like that, that way if her mother is saved? But what happens is when that individual per person rebels against God, they put themselves back under the curse. Now, the reason why this is important to the book of Revelation is because, like I said, that number two, Alpha and Omega, Genesis and Revelation, the beginning and the end. Genesis is the beginning. Revelation is the end. And so, in order to understand this, we got to understand where did sin come from? It came from Adam, the first Adam. It came from Eve, the first Eve, the first woman, and the first man. That's just how far back the curse goes. If you really want to trace where it came from, when you look at your son, when you look at your daughter, when you look at your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, and you wonder how did they get this way? How can they be so evil? or how can they be so rebellious, or how can they be so, so, so defiant? It, it goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to the beginning. And what Jesus came to do, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. What Jesus came to do is two things. He came to bring regeneration and he came to bring redemption. Are you listening to me? Redemption means to return to the original owner, Glory be to God, which means that every man, the Bible says, every man shall stand before the Lord. John said, I saw two books open. One book was open. Another book was open. It was called the book of life. Every person is going to stand before God and redemption is going to bring them back to the one who owns them. Your behavior is an indication of who truly owns you. Jesus spoke to the children of, uh, oh, glory be to God. He spoke to the, the scribes and the Philistines. He spoke to them and he said to them, glory be to God. He spoke to the Pharisees and he said to them, because you are sinning this way, because you are acting this way, you are showing who your father is. Glory be to God. The Bible says, glory be to God. Hallelujah. God bless you, woman of God. The Bible says that when, when they spoke to him, they said, we are Abraham's son. We're Abraham's son. He said, no, you can't be Abraham's son you are not Abraham's seed. How can I say you're not Abraham's seed? Because you're trying to kill me. He said, if you were Abraham's seed, you would not be trying to kill me. Your actions are an indication of who you belong to, who you are a descendant of. He said, no, Abraham is not your father. Your father is Satan. Your father is Satan. How can I say your father is Satan? Because he was a murderer from the beginning. We know that Cain rose up against his brother and he slew his brother in the book of Genesis. Oh, glory be to God. You can watch and you can follow. Watch this now. You can follow the bloodline of Cain throughout the Bible. You can follow the bloodline of rebellion throughout the Bible. You can follow the bloodline of righteousness and holiness throughout the Bible. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Bible talks about it. The word of God speaks about it. Amen. In in every one of the gospels, in in almost every one of the gospels, there is a lineage that points to where it all began. And I love Luke's gospel that says, glory be to God. He goes through all the names of the genealogy of Christ and and he says, which was the son of? And he says, which was the son of? And he says, which was the son of? And eventually he gets to Jesus. And he says, Which was the son of Adam? Which was the son of God? We are all originally sons of God. Oh, glory be to God. But he spoke and he called out those that were living in sin, living in rebellion, living in iniquity. And he said, You are not the son. You are not a son of God. You are not a descendant of Abraham, but you are of your father, Satan. Now, I want you to know this. This is true. There's a lot of people who are not going to go to heaven. I want you to get the reality of this. As we go throughout the book of Revelation, as we go throughout this teaching, you're going to find, and my dad says it all the time, a lot of people are going to go to the lake of fire. A lot of people are going to be lost. A lot of people are going to hell. There's not going to be as many as you think going to heaven. The Bible says the righteous, if the righteous shall scarcely Make it into the kingdom. Where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Glory be to God. The righteous, which means the people that you think are, we know they're living right. Prophet Dorn, and I thank God for those who honor me in that way. My mom, Prophetess Arlene, my dad, Apostle Kenneth Dorn, so many preachers and ministers of the gospel. We say, I know they're going to make it to heaven. But the Bible says they shall scarcely make it into the kingdom of God. The righteous shall scarcely Make it into the kingdom of God. So where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. By the time you're done reading it, by the time we're done reading it, by the time we're done studying it, you should find yourself in the presence of God. We should find ourselves standing before God looking at nobody but us not looking at our brother, not looking at our sister. By the time we get the revelation of Jesus Christ, we should be standing at a mirror. As the Bible says, of the word of God is like beholding a glass, like beholding a mirror, and we're able to see the true image of who we are. Man looks at the outward appearance. Who am I talking to tonight? But God looks at the heart. The reason why we're looking at revelation, it is not just the revelation of a mystery, of a dream, of a prophecy, of a vision from a man of God a long time ago. No, this is a revelation of who you are. This is a revelation of are you in Christ or not? This is a revelation of what? genealogy you come from. There's a lot of people that want to do DNA tests to find out where they come from, to find out you know what nationality they are, uh, whose descendants are they from, what country are they from, what who are their ancestors? I'm telling you right now. I want you to know that this is deeper than any type of ancestry research. This is greater than that ancestry research. I don't care if you can find back. Uh, somebody just I saw someone writing recently. One of my friends who said that they were able to trace back eight and nine generations of their family. They were able to trace back where they came from all the way back to the you know 1800s and 1600s I don't care how far you go back I want you to know that the genesis is Adam the genesis is Eve and the Bible says that they hid from the presence of the Lord they hid themselves because they were in sin oh glory be to God and sin is what broke their relationship with God sin cast them out of the garden And from the moment they lost relationship with God, they lost prosperity. They didn't have money. They had to work hard. Glory be to God. They lost favor. They didn't have relationship with God. Glory be to God. They lost all of it. They lost it all. They lost the power of God to work in their life. They didn't have the healing anointing. They went through sicknesses and diseases. Their lives were cut off prematurely. They didn't, they didn't have to die in the garden, but because they, they were cast out from the presence of the Lord, now they were, many of them died. Glory be to God. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. To be in Christ, we are a new creature. All things are passed away. That means I don't care who your parents were, who your grandparents were, who's, who your ancestors were. It doesn't matter what sins they committed. There's some people who are committing sins because of generational curses there's some people who act just like their father. I said this on Sunday, they act just like their father and they don't even know their father. There's some people who don't even know their father who act just like them, look just like them, talk just like them, walk just like them. Their personality is exactly like them. You don't have to see them to act like them. You don't have to see them to be like them. It's in the blood. Oh, somebody say that tonight. It's in the blood. Somebody put that in the comments. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. If you want a new bloodline, if you want to be under a new covenant, a new dispensation, a covenant is made by blood. When a marriage takes place, amen, a marriage is a sign of the covenant of God. 2022 is the year that we are married to Christ, amen, and we have two Two different bloodlines. The bloodline of the husband is on one side, while the bloodline of the wife is on the other side. And you have to walk through the blood. And when you walk through the bloodline of both families, two become one in the presence of the Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Somebody say it's in the blood. This is the year, amen, to receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus went on the cross and he shed his blood in order to break every curse that is on your life. Every curse associated with your your parents, your grandparents, your mother, your father. Amen. I'm talking about even sicknesses and diseases. There are certain generational curses of sicknesses, allergies, diseases, disorders, blood disorders, all types of disorders, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, glory be to God, certain diseases. Amen. All types of diseases of organs and kidneys and hearts and livers, all types of diseases, amen, through the blood. Glory be to God. But I'm telling you tonight, hallelujah, that the blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is more powerful even than your bloodline. Hallelujah, we have been engrafted in. He shed his blood so that we can be a part of his royal family. He said, I call you a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy generation, and we are called to show forth the praises of him who brought us out of darkness over into his marvelous light. And I'm telling you, the blood still works. It's in the blood tonight. Oh, glory be to God. We're almost done. I wanted to read this entire chapter. We only have a few more verses left. I'm going to read it rather quickly. I know the time, amen, is well spent, but I want to read the entire chapter so that we can start on chapter two. I'm so excited for chapter two on next week. Amen. So let's read the rest of what it says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We stopped, amen. We stopped at verse 11. It says, glory be to God. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Glory be to God. And what thou seest, write in the book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto uh, Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto unto Laodicea. All right. We're going to learn about all those churches on next week. I can't wait for you to get this. Some of you have never heard this before, but when you hear it, it's going to change your life. All seven churches are represented by seven different dispensations of time, seven different eras of time. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I believe that we're in the time now, glory be to God of, just to give you a little bit of a preview, we're in the time of Philadelphia. And Lediocia. Philadelphia and Letiosea. Philadelphia is the true church. Laodicea is the lukewarm church. We have two different types of people. And there are some people, amen, who are also like some of those other churches, Ephesus, Pergamus, uh, Thyatira, etc. And we really can say that, amen, even based on other nations. Uh, for example, as we study, you will find there were certain generations that had it very, very hard. They had to hide their Bible. They had to hide their faith. They have to hide just to have Bible study. Uh, There's some people who say, we're not in that dispensation. We don't have to hide to read the Bible. But no, no, no. There are nations in the world right now, as we speak, where you cannot have a Bible legally. They will take your Bible. They will kill you for believing in Jesus Christ, for having Bible study. So all seven dispensations are now present in the world. Even though they represent seven dispensations of time, there are seven different types of churches in the world right now. There are people who are being persecuted, who are being killed. God has special mercy. When When we read that next week, you will find that to those churches that had to deal with being killed for believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, he has special mercy on them. He judges them differently. God does not judge every man the same way, but he does judge every man. Every man is not judged the same way, but they're judged differently based on the atmosphere where they live. Glory be to God. We are the Philadelphia church. If you live in the United States of America, you will be considered the Philadelphia church. In other words, you have no excuse not to please God. Because you have your freedom, you can freely pray, you can freely preach, you can freely prophesy, you can freely share the gospel, and so you should be like the Philadelphia church. You should be a strong, powerful, and anointed force in the earth. There is no excuse why the church of Philadelphia should not shine and please God. So if you're playing in sin, you're like the church of Laodicea, because you have it all fixed up for you to, to live a victorious life, and you're just playing with the devil, and you're rebelling against God. And you need to come out of sin. Can I just tell you the truth tonight? You need to come out of sin. Glory be to God. Verse 12, amen. It says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with the garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head was, and his hairs were like wool. Now, I want to talk to you about that as white as snow. All right, let's talk about that just for a second because we're going to break down everything even as we're teaching it. Amen. I'm not going to go into everything, but when I find something important, uh, I want to try to share it with you. So we're almost done, but I do want you to know, when he he talks about his hair being as wool, white, the reason why his hair was white was because of the suffering that he went through. There's some people that don't know that if you go through a traumatic experience, your hair can turn from black uh, to white, Instantly, you can have brown hair and it can turn gray instantly because of your body experiencing trauma. When Jesus hung on the cross, his body experienced trauma and his hair turned white. So the reason why his hair is white is because of the suffering that he went through. Glory be to God. Don't forget that. Amen. Glory be to God. And so it goes on to say that uh, his eyes were like a flame of fire. His eyes are in every place beholding the good and the evil. Amen. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet were fine brass, as if they had been burned in a furnace. Amen. Which means that his feet were like brass, because he walked the very pit of hell, and he, he walked the fiery coals of hell, and he took the keys of death, and he took the keys of hell. Glory be to God. His voice was as the sound of many waters. Verse 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in its strength. And when, he, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, am alive forevermore. Amen. And he says, And have, and have the keys of hell and death. The reason why his feet were as brass is because he went down to the pit of hell, and he took the keys of hell and he took the keys of death. Verse nineteen: Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be thereafter, hereafter. And the mystery of the seven stars. We're almost done. Read this part here: The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in the right in my right hand are the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven stars are the seven angels of the churches. Glory be to God. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So, when you saw Jesus, Jesus is in the midst of the seven churches. Why? Because he is the center of the church. Jesus is meant to be the center of every church. There are churches who have, they use his name, but he's not the center of the church. The church is not about him. The church is about, you know, concerts and making money and raising money, but not about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the center of, of the church, he is in the midst of the seven churches. Jesus Christ should be in the midst of your life, and when he's in the midst, your fire will ever be burning. He says, "I don't want to put your co- your candlestick out. I don't want to put your light out." And we're going to talk about those seven golden candlesticks on next week. I'm so excited to share the word of God with you. I believe you're just going to grow, and you're going to understand like never before as you listen to this teaching. Some of you have never heard some of these things and these things are gonna be life-changing for you and I believe it's just gonna open up your heart and your mind to to the fullness of who Jesus Christ is, amen. So as we close chapter one, a few things that I want to highlight to you is the number three and the number two. Remember the number three is a number of heaven and the number two is a number of divine unity, amen, that is also a number of God where two become one. Husband and wife, two become one. Adam and Eve, two. Amen. Remember, redemption, which means return to the original owner. And regeneration, which means return to the original estate. There's logos and there is rhema. Logos is the written word. Rhema is the revelatory word. I hope you pay, pay attention to all two, all of the twos, alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending. There's a lot of twos in here. Let's pay attention to those twos. And then there are three. Three that bear witness in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three dimensions of time. There's past, he who was, present, he who is, and he who is to come. That is the future. Glory be to God. Then there's three. Amen. There's the first heaven. There's a second heaven. And then there's a third heaven. That is where Jesus Christ is on the throne. And he is coming in the clouds of glory. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm so glad that we did it. In under, the, under two hours, amen? Glory be to God, under two hours. I thought this was gonna take a little bit longer, but we got it done. In just about one hour, we were able to teach from the entire chapter of Revelation chapter one. So, Revelation chapter two will be next week. I hope you're gonna be excited. What I want you to do is read Revelation chapter two. And I want you to read it over and over and over again. And then we're going to do a teaching on it next week. And I believe it's just going to come alive in your life. I want to give you a chance now. I want to challenge you now, amen, to give and to sow into the work of the ministry. What we do on the prayer altar and what we do here, we only do by your generous donation and your giving. Your giving is a blessing to the kingdom of God. Amen. If you would like to give now, you can give by going to Cash App and giving to dollar sign Prophet Jonathan. We appreciate those that give tonight to the Word of God, the work of the ministry. We want to do so many more things, and your giving is what makes that possible. Amen. We want to challenge you tonight to give, amen, whatever you give, to give with the number 22 connected to it. 22. Amen. Now, now, remember, those of you that were listening, all right, those of you that were listening on the prayer altar, because I, I, I want to show you something very powerful. Amen. I want to show you something very powerful. Those of you that were listening on the podcast, do you remember that I told you that 2022, that I'm finding the number 22 everywhere? I would go to chapters, it would be 22. I would go to verses, it would be 22. Uh, 22, God says, the number of two, the number of marriage, the number of coming together unto Christ. Whatever you give tonight, I want it to be with the numbers 2, 2 at the end. Amen. So whatever you give, put the number 2, 2 at the end. Amen. I had no idea that when we started this teaching on Revelation... That not only would there be 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, amen, glory be to God, but that, hallelujah, but that we would begin this teaching on the 22nd. I promise you, when, we, when, when I told you all that we were going to start teaching on it, I thought I would start this last week, I, started, I thought I would start it the week before that. We started it this week. The date fell on the 22nd of June. That was not planned. I did not plan to teach this on the 22nd. This is what the Holy Spirit orchestrated in order to show me and confirm to me, to to confirm to us that he has definitely been speaking to us for sure, because I just think it's so perfect that we're teaching Revelation with 22 chapters in it on the 22nd of June, and that God has been speaking to us about the number two, Over and over and over again. Two is also the number of double. God's about to do double in your life. Yes, there's famine in the land, but God is going to exceed that. So I challenge you tonight, those that can, those that will, amen. If you give a seed, sow a seed, amen. Some of you are going to sow $40.22. Some of you are going to sow $50.22. Amen. Whatever you sow, add the number two, two at the end. Because 22, amen, is that number of divine unity where two become one. This is the year of the name change. God has given you a new name because you will be married to Christ. Two become one. Two is the number of one. Amen. I hope you all receive that tonight. I challenge you in your giving. The Cash App is at the bottom. Go to Cash App to dollar sign, Prophet Jonathan. I'm telling you, there is famine in the land. I have one more thing to share with you. Don't go anywhere. Please don't go anywhere. I, have two, I actually have two things, coincidentally, two things to share with you before we go that are very important. Number one, I need you to be praying about the time that we're living in uh, concerning your giving. This is the time to give and sow like never before. Amen? Give and sow as never before. As things get harder, gas prices go up, so much is happening in the world, you need to be giving. And I'm not just saying to me, I'm just saying give in general. Don't stop giving because the world is going to keep getting worse. Things in the world will keep getting worse. But, but for those that give, God is going to sustain you. The Bible says the prophet went to the woman and said, give me a drink, make me a cake. In times of famine, God will use his prophets to release divine, divine intervention, to release divine, uh, uh, supernatural power to sustain you in the midst of famine. God reverses famines through the power of his anointing. I believe that the Lord has anointed me, and I'm humbled by his anointing. The Lord has anointed me to release the power of God, amen, to speak the word of the Lord and to put a stop to famine in your life. So if you are experiencing lack, decrease, poverty, famine, scarcity of any kind, even if you're not, because we are in a time of famine in this nation where the stock market and various things are decreasing, And we're on the verge, and they say we're on the verge of recession, but I already told you all weeks ago that we're already in recession. Amen. So we're in this time of financial decline in the world. You need to be operating in faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith is going to be a challenge to you. If it doesn't challenge you, it's not real. It's not from God. If it's from God, it will challenge you. Tonight, I want to challenge you to give a seed that will challenge you, amen. Some of you need to give $122 tonight, amen. Somebody needs to give $122 tonight, amen. 22 is the number of divine union, oneness with Christ. Revelation, I believe that the holy book of the Bible, the whole book of the Bible, is to bring us to divine unity with Christ. That's the purpose. Jesus Christ came to redeem us back to himself, to where it's no longer myself and God me and God but no me and God are one we're no longer two individuals we become one his spirit and my spirit have become one spirit and to be in Christ to be one with Christ we're a new creature Old things are passed away tonight i challenge those that can and will to sow a seed of $100 and 22 $122 attach 22 to what you give tonight amen some of you need to give $322 some of you need to give $222 and 22 cents. All twos. Amen. Give as the Lord leads you to give. If it's not challenging to you, it's probably not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to yield for you uh, much of a harvest. If it challenges you, it is an act of faith. And this is the hour to live by faith. This is not the hour to live by what you can count or what you think you can count on. The only one we can count on in, the, in this hour is the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust in him. You cannot buy a miracle. You cannot buy, amen, a blessing. But you can sow in faith. You can obey an instruction. In times of famine, the prophets would give the people instruction. And they would say, go do this. Go do that. And sometimes they would say, go do that for me. Go bring me this. And people would say, oh, he's trying to manipulate them. He's trying to get something from them. No, he's trying to get something to them. You will not run out, but you will run over and I want to pray over you tonight. I want, to, I want to wait a few more moments because acts of faith many times takes confirmation. And some of you, the Lord has already spoken to you and told you what to give. The Lord has already spoken to you and told you to sow a seed of faith. Some of you have been looking for a place to sow it. You've been looking for a place to give it. Amen. And God has brought you here and you're here and you're not here by accident. God has not had you watch this by accident, but you are here because God has already spoken to you. And now you need to move in faith. Amen. now you need to stop questioning what God has told you to do. Some of you have been looking for a place to sow your seed. Some of you have a large seed to sow, and you've been looking for a place. Lord, who am I going to give this to? Who am I going to be? Who am I going to sow this into? And you found this place and you're hearing the word of the Lord now. And God has you here on purpose. It's not by coincidence. It's not by circumstance. It's not by, amen. I want you to know it's on purpose. And I want to confirm to you right now, if you've been already thinking about sowing a seed, you've been thinking about giving a special offering, this is your confirmation. I know tonight that somebody watching, amen, is dealing with a time uh, where God is going to allow you to stretch your faith. He's challenging you to stretch your faith. He's been challenging you to stretch your faith. And some of you, he's been challenging you a lot. He's been challenging you a lot. And this is just another opportunity. But I want to encourage you that when you obey God, there's going to be a quick harvest. There's going to be a response. Amen. There's going to be a miracle in your life. I believe that. And I'm speaking that over your life. I want to pray over you as you give. One person, amen, has already given tonight. Amen. I want to challenge those that are listening to move in faith because this is the hour of faith. This is why God raises up prophets in the time of famine. He does that. Because in famine, he wants to sustain his people, and his people are sustained by faith. And you're not able to walk in faith unless you're given an opportunity to obey an instruction. Tonight, I'm giving you an instruction. If you have it to give. Now, if you don't have it, it's okay. Amen. There's going to be a few different people that are on different levels, and God knows what level you're on. He knows what you have, and he knows what you have need of. Tonight, if you have it, I want you to sow that seed of $40.00. $40.22, amen. If you have it tonight, we want you to sow in faith. We're believing God for miracles for you, amen. My parents are watching as well, and I know they're praying, and we're believing for miracles for you, amen. As you're giving tonight, there's gonna be miracles in your life, amen. I believe it. It's not because you gave it to me. It's because you obeyed God. Glory be to God. It's because you obeyed God. When, when you heard the Lord, you moved in faith. Amen. And some of you, some of you need to give $122 tonight. And somebody needs to give $222.22. Amen. And some of you, glory be to God, you're looking for a miracle. You're waiting for a miracle. And God said, he's going to move. When you move, God is going to move. God's going to move. And it's going to be quick. And it's going to be exactly like what you, it's going to be greater than what you prayed for, actually. We're believing God with you. I want you to move in faith. The cash app is at the bottom, dollar sign prophet Jonathan. You can also go to my website, kingdomdistrict.org, and you can give now. Give in faith in obedience to God, and whatever you give, it's going to be multiplied in Jesus' name. I'm not just saying that, but I'm saying it in faith. I would not say it. I cannot say it if I'm not in faith. So I have to speak it tonight because I believe that whatever you give tonight, God is going to multiply it. 22 is also the number of double. God said double miracles. Some of you need to give 22 plus 22 plus 22. Some of you need to give it several times. And I believe there's going to be double. There's going to be miracles in your life in Jesus' name. Oh, glory be to God. Somebody just begin to thank him right now. Somebody begin to glorify him right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We want to pray over those that have given and those that will give in faith in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman who has heard the word of the Lord. We thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are God, Lord God, that called us to be kings and priests. And we believe that the priestly anointing causes us to give god an offering lord god not just our worship not just our praise but an offering a sacrifice lord god they would make an offering they would make offerings unto you as a sign of worship lord god don't let our worship just be our words let it be our deeds let it be our actions let it be our our faith as we move in faith lord god let miracles happen as we move in faith and father i thank you for multiplying every seed sown tonight in the name of Jesus rebuke the, the the devourer and release supernatural harvest increase and a quick return of miracles in their life in Jesus' name. We touch and agree with those that are giving right now in faith, and they don't even have it to give. But Father, I thank you that they're going to have it. You're releasing it to them. You're taking them from scarcity, Lord God, to supernatural multiplication. You're taking them from poverty to prosperity. We decree and declare now the yoke-breaking, anointing power of Jesus Christ. Lord God, right now we come into agreement With their faith in Jesus' name, and we decree and declare the devil, the thief that has come to steal their harvest, he is rebuked. And tonight, there will be harvest, there will be germination. The seed will break open, the seed will come forth, and Lord, the harvest shall be plentiful in Jesus' name. Somebody give him praise, somebody give him glory right now. I feel that in the spirit, somebody, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has caused you to receive a supernatural blessing from God. Your faith, amen, your faith, not just because you gave here, but because you obeyed. God said he's going to do something awesome. Miracles are getting ready to happen. Amen. Tonight, if you've heard the word of the Lord, we pray that you were blessed by this word tonight. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your personal savior, Revelation, the book of Revelation is all about the revelation of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. God has risen him from the dead and you shall be saved. Amen. So we encourage you to receive Jesus Christ because he loves you. Amen. And we love you tonight. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday night, same place, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time we will be back next week for Revelation chapter 2. God has something awesome in the Word of God for you. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I love you all. Thank you all for listening on the Prayer Altar podcast as well as here on Facebook. I love you all. Thank God for you. God bless you. Until next time, you have a blessed night. Amen. Love you all. Amen. Bye-bye.